Good morning. Thank you for joining with us this Lord's Day. We encourage you to turn with me to Book of James, Epistle of James, Chapter One. James Chapter One. Suppose it in your bulletin shouldn't be a problem. Should be picked out already as we begin our first session. for the moments before us and we pray that you will grant us the strength to stand and to minister your word we pray that you will grant us all the ears to hear but most of all that you will grant us the will to perform we ask at the end of the day that your name will be glorified and honored in Jesus name Amen. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. How would you categorize your religion? Would you categorize it as one who is a hearer of the word or a doer of the word? Practical religion of Jesus Christ is what I call the book of James. He says the one who is only a hearer is deceiving themselves. Apostle Paul also said that we should not be deceived because God is not mocked whatsoever man saw. That shall you reap. And the apostle encourages us not to be deceived. Today we call the book, many I join with them, call the book of James, the epistle of practical religion. Or how biblical faith is practice. James doesn't defend many, if any at all, doctrinal truths in the scripture. He doesn't begin any argument Doctrine of justification, sanctification, resurrection, and those doctrines. But he discussed the practical life of the faith, how we practice our faith. Also shows how genuine faith is lived out in the church as well as out of the church. And that's why we say it's practical. Practical of Religion of Jesus is not partial. James 2 tells us this. Neither is the practical religion of Jesus private. You know, some people say that their religion is between them and God. It's all well and good, but who will that profit? If your religion is between you and God. A lot of people say this as a cop-out. This may be true, but James refutes that philosophy in James 1.27 saying, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble 
and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. What is private about that? Practical religion has an evangelistic goal. In the church and out of the church. And that's how we practice our religion. Orphans and widows are not only those who are so socially disadvantaged. When the Bible speaks about orphans and widows, we must not limit this to the natural orphans and widows, but those who are spiritually destitute. The unsaved are orphans and widows. We have no father. We have no husband. You could be a male, you could be a female. So James shares with us some key points about practical religion. But the main subject we want to deal with is the one we introduced this hour, where the substance of Jesus' religion is found. And James introduces that subject regarding the word. not only hearers of the word, but the doers. But James earlier showed that Christians are converted by the word. Listen to verses 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We're converted by the word. The word begat, of course, means to be born of God, to be converted. And this is a very this is an essential. Truth, if you and me is going to be genuine in our practice of religion, we have to be converted, born again, if you want to use that term. True Christians are converted by the word. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word, believe on him that sent me half everlasting life shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Now James uses two agricultural images in the context of the chapter when speaking about a person's conversion. You probably picked them up. One is in verse 18, the other is in verse 21. The first one in verse 18 is the word first fruits. You know, the Jews were commanded to give your first fruits of their harvest to God. They were the best of the crop. And some Christians think that God deserved the, the ends, the, the, the one that the birds picked. This, this, this is for God. Give this to the missionary. But it's to show that Christians belong to God. We are the first fruit. Jesus is also called first fruit, by the way. 
The writer continues saying that there's no shifting shadows in Jesus. He doesn't vary because we are converted by the word. James called us to two disciplines. Be swift to hear. Verse 19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. God give us one mouth and two ears. And there's a reason for this, you know. God want us to hear the word. And too many Christians speak from both sides of their mouths. We are to be quick to hear the word. In other words, ready to learn the word. That's what Jesus said, right? Take my yoke upon me, upon thee, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart. James reminds us in verse 20, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Unchecked anger is a terrible thing. It will not produce righteousness. People can carry a grudge for a long time in the church. And sometimes you don't even know. James says, it would not work righteousness. Therefore, James says, if we are going to benefit from the word, certain things must be laid aside. So Christians are converted by the word. And the first thing James said, we're the first fruits. Uh, belong to God. <coughs> now, they, they, they had this feast called the Feast of First Fruits where the Jews were commanded that they must produce, they must, they must give the first fruits and it was fulfilled at the day of Pentecost. They literally, literally the first fruits in gathering came into the church. So that's what believers are. But Christians are engrafted by the word. This is another agricultural image. James used in verse 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Here the word is mentioned again, which is able to save your souls. James calls the word engrafted. Note the engraft. One plant into another means that the one being engrafted is foreign to the other. I remember in my school days, in elementary school, we used to engraft certain plants into another, especially rose trees in the garden. And you get to learn somewhat about this engrafting. Like every Friday, the, the, we, our teacher used to take us in the garden to teach us these practical things. And that, that was put, put pretty helpful in if you wanted to do gardening. But we learned to do engrafting from young children. <coughs> and James here linked this with how the word is engrafted into us. Remember the Apostle Paul in speaking to the Romans, as well as us today, say that, we are not the natural plant. We were a wild 
a wild olive tree. We were, God grafted us in to the natural olive tree and we become partakers of the root and fatness of this olive tree. And I guess you know what that means. We are not, we are not natural Jews, but we are spiritual descendants of Abraham. The promises belong to us. And Abraham too was converted by the word too. So in, in, in order to do an engraft, there must be one engrafting. A plant cannot engraft itself. It needs a farmer. And by the way, who's that farmer? Lord Jesus. You see, conversion is not a, a flipping thing. It is a real thing. A, a lot of people treat conversion, or well, I'm saved, I was saved back in 1984. I'm saved, I'm not. They don't understand what it means to be converted. These are words grafted. And by the way, it's a positional thing. It is not an experiential thing that you engraft yourself into the body of Christ. God did that. So understand these things, brethren. Christians have become partakers, not imposters of religion, but partakers of Christ by being engrafted into him he's the word. I think that Christians should understand what they believe and why they believe. That's why we will lay aside and receive his word with meekness. So we are converted by the word. We have received the engrafted word. But James uses a final word of application. And this is what we say, we discuss, will discuss. Christians will practice the word. They will practice the word. To a high degree, a Christian would obey the word. That's what I mean. We, we would not be flagrant in our disobedience. To the word but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves first let me say that James isn't giving us an option like some preachers try to say to the unconverted in their church you know we should be we all should be doers of the word you know but I, I, we, we should try our best to do. The, God, James is not giving us that option at all. And I would not give you that option. You know, you should be doers of the word, you know. Not an option. It's an imperative. You see, if, if we give people an option, this idea would contradict what I said earlier, that one is converted by the word. That the word is engrafted into us. Where's the option, Brother Presley? Well, let's follow the train. 
If the first two are true, the third will be true. If you're converted by the word, if the word is engrafted, we'll practice the word. The writer shows in this text an essential necessity, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Now I am sure that we will be hearing the word from our brother this morning. Um, brother Frank, I, I'm sure we will be hearing the word yeah, in both sermons, a call to conscientious church construction. Would you be a part of that, doing that? A call to conscientious church construction. The church is not constructed with sheet rock. But with people doing the word. I'm just waiting to hear where our brother is going to take this. But one of our problems in the church is because we have hearers, but we do not have many doers of the word. We want doers. And that's how the church would grow. And that's what the apostle said in, I think it is Ephesians 4, when speaking about that God has given some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. When uh, you can read that, familiar text. The lack of application of the word shows two things. One is deafness, don't, people are not hearing. The other is blindness. In short, it shows need for conversion by the word. And that is the, that is the main reason why people are not doing the word. The word is important because faith comes by hearing the word. And we should be, like James said, we should be quick to hear. Well, this is the main problem we have today in, in the church. In, in our church, I can only speak for our church. And I'm part of this church with most professing Christians doing what is taught in the word. It's not a new problem. You remember during the days of the prophet Ezekiel, you're pretty, pretty much familiar with Ezekiel. Listen to this text, 33, verse 31. Um, here we read, And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words but they will not do that. This same text complement what James is saying. For with their mouth they show much love, but in their heart goeth after their covetousness. But their heart goeth after their covetousness. Ezekiel 33, verse 31. So it is not an unusual problem for people to be only hearers of the word. 
James uses a third image in his epistle. And he uses the image of a glass, a mirror, the image. And he makes a comparison between a hearer of the word and a doer of the word in this image. Verse 23, James 1, 23. Look with me at this verse. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, a person, beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. This person is a hearer of the word. The word shows us what we look like. James says, this one is natural. To be natural mean that there is no change. The mirror shows our natural unconverted state. Mirrors don't usually lie. Sometimes I wonder if mirror telling a lie when I look at myself now. But they don't naturally lie. Verse 24, for he, and I wonder why James used the masculine. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The natural man or person in their unconverted state hears the word, and you can put yourself to the test here. But the word is quickly forgotten. The seed fell by the wayside. And you might be like this. And God may be speaking to you that you should not be only a hearer of the word. But wonderfully, James shows the comparison in verse 25. He shows us the negative, but he shows the positive in verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, hear what he calls the glass, the perfect law of liberty. Psalm 19, we read that this morning. And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. Notice how James substitute the word word for work. Same thing Paul said in Ephesians 4. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Doing the word is work. Who said we ain't called to work or to do good works? Doing the word, practicing the word is work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. This is the converted man. He sees himself in the glass, the word. He remembers that which brought conviction. He does what the word says and is blessed. Well, the highest blessing you can get is salvation. But there are other blessings that comes by way of obedience. When a young man marries his new bride and later goes off on his honeymoon, you know, uh, I, I don't know who Sandrine went, but 
when, 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 when she goes off on her honeymoon and her husband, the bride doesn't look the same way the next day. She doesn't look the same way she looked on that wedding day. Jackie's laughing. <laughs> Jackie's a long time, man. All the makeup is gone. All the facade is gone. There's no more wax. She's natural. I'm giving you a literal example. She looks at herself in the mirror and she seeks to beautify herself again for her husband. Isn't that what is the case? She doesn't look the same, brother. That boy, you look at that. You're the same person I married yesterday. All the wax is gone. All the pretty clothes is gone. You see rollers in her hair and all kinds of. But that's the image. She looks at herself. And she goes and she beautifies herself for her husband. And that's what the Bible does. The word. When it is preached. We see ourselves. We see the pimples. And all these things can be going change because we are converted. We want to look more like Jesus. I'm sorry for people in the church who are only hearers of the word. I don't want to be just a hearer of the word. I want to be, I want to practice the things that I say to you and the things Brother Frank would say to you is a call to practice, not to hear. We've been hearing these things all the time. We've been hearing about the sanctity of the Lord's day, the necessity to commit ourselves to prayer meeting. We have been hearing these things. Where is the doing? How will you rank your church in the light of hearing and doing. How will you rank your church? How will you rank yourself? Practical religion. When you and I look into the mirror of God's word, we are not what we think. We need a lot of touching up. We have a lot of rough edges. The natural man is still there. Don't forget, we behold our natural face in the mirror. But the Christian will practice. I want to practice. So, this is the difference in the congregation today. They're hearers of the word. James wants us to be doers of the word. It's only the doer that will know the blessing of salvation. That is the aim of gospel preaching. That is practical religion. When one truly practices the word, by the way, they don't even realize that they're practicing the word because it becomes so natural to do. I remember that some time ago they was given this, um, some of the guys, the pastors was given this tribute to Pastor Martin um, as he was getting ready to retire from the ministry. I, I, I don't remember if he was there, Frank. You probably was there, but I remember 
different guys who had urban who's talking about Pastor Morgan from a different perspective as a friend, you know, as a counselor, as a, as a normal man and, and, and how he was and, and the things he was doing. And it, it, even um, Harry Heiss said something. And, and at the end of it all, Pastor Martin comes to him and said, I don't even remember none of these things. He said, I, 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 this is news to me. I was so busy doing what I was supposed to do. I didn't even remember. That's the Christian. He's so busy doing what he's supposed to do that he don't even know what he's doing. It's natural to bear fruit. It's natural to be obedient. It is natural to love the brethren. It's natural to move your car and put it over there that the pastor can get the spot. That's natural. Practical. Doers of the word. Natural to have that family over for dinner. Brother, why don't you come over and join me? And people in church never even invite me for a cup of tea. And I wonder about that. You said, Pastor, I thought you wasn't feeling well. No, I don't. But what, what does that have to do with it? So I was I give it an example because this is true. There's a difference between rote, doing the word by rote, and liberty. Freedom to do God's word. God said to Satan of his servant, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him on earth, a blameless and a bright man, one that fears God and shuns evil. God was observing Job, but Satan was observing him too. Job was so busy doing what he was supposed to do that he did not even know that the devil was watching him. God said he was one that fears God and shuns evil. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So may the Lord cause us, brethren, to understand the difference between a hearer of the word of God and a doer and may those seeking to do the word of God find the riches of God's blessings in their lives because it is only those seeking to do the word that will be blessed. And may God be pleased to bless the word today. Let's pray. We thank you for giving us the strength and the help and we pray for this delicate passage of scripture. We are not called to obey by rote, but you have given us liberty to practice that which is taught to us. Grant us the strength, O Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.